Hello, comrades. Um, tonight's debate was scheduled months ago, and as, as it transpires, of course, we all know now to take place against the backdrop of horrendous and radical. In recent weeks, we've seen the election of far right Jewish supremacist religious fundamentalists to the Knesset. We turn on our TVs or social media, and we see mobs of Jewish youth wreaking havoc. We've seen or heard about the attempted lynching of an Arab man. There's been and continues to be, as we speak, significant eviction and displacements from Palestinians in the Sikh Jarrah neighbourhood of the occupied East Jerusalem. The situation right now is going from bad to worse. Then there's the renewed camp of rocket attacks on civilian targets in Israel by Hamas and the groups, with attacks on five synagogues. And of course, we then see the Israeli state respond with typical brutality and overwhelming military force. The latest Israeli assault in Gaza have killed hundreds of Palestinians in many chill targeting residential beings. These actions go way beyond the right of any state to defend its population against military attacks. That said, I want to emphasise that Israel does have such a right, but the air assaults against Gaza on defensive acts. These are the actions of a well-armed, heavily militarised state, battering a caved and subjugated population, living in what has justly been called an open prison. Alongside uh, Israel's assaults and massive rockets, we've seen intercommunal violence within Israel itself, with attacks by Jews on Arabs and attacks by Arabs against Jews, as I said, including at least five synagogues. It's said the war is a continuation of politics by other forcible means, and that is certainly what is happening here. Israel's war in Gaza is a continuation of politics of colonial expansion, aggressive nationalism. Hamas's rockets attacks against civilian targets are not a blowback or resistance to that. Hamas's attacks are too a continuation of politics, thoroughly reactionary tips that are not mere Palestinian self-determination or independence, but for the creation of a theocratic state. Wherever Hamas has held power, they have systematically destroyed Palestinian rights, democratic rights, the rights of women, and by the way, systematically terrorised all Palestinian organisations fighting for self-determination. Comrades, this has nothing to do with independent working class politics. In a very real sense, Hamas and Netanyahu are the far right chauvinists on both sides, need each other. That is not to draw an equivalence or parity between an occupying colour of power, Israel, and the national that subjugates the Palestinians, but would be patronising to erase Hamas's politics from the picture we are discussing tonight. Red flag says Hamas's rocket attacks are legitimate resistance. They say they stand in total solidarity with that resistance. A question I have for the flag is, how do you think the death of Israeli civilians, including the death of Israeli Arab civilians, moves the Palestinians even an inch closer to freedom? The consensus across the majority of official politics in Israel is for the formal consolidation of a chauvinist state model. This will mean Israel's control of the whole territory with whatever limited forms of self-government the Palestinians were granted in the West Bank Gaza. And these limited rights will be exercised within the strict parameters determined by the Israeli state. In such a context, tonight's discussion feels simultaneously important and more futile. It would be remiss not to acknowledge this. We are two small Protestant groups in Britain, neither of which have a direct presence in the region, debating policies and perspectives for an increasingly desperate situation of national oppression that neither side of this debate have any immediate means of effect. But we're socialist internationalists. We are motivated by a worldview, and we fight to make that worldview the property of the international working class. This means we should always endeavour to analyse and understand the world around us. Even if that endeavour of analysis and understanding is all we're able to do, and sadly all too often it is all we're able to do. Of course, I'm not arguing that socialists 
and labour movement activists can do practically about the issue in the here and now. Hopefully I'll have time at the end to say something on this. So I started by looking at the immediate situation. It would have been strange not to. But I now want to focus on the underlying situation in relation to power that's driven these and importantly for us. What conclusions they imply for anyone seeking advance independently class politics? That is the politics of international class struggle socialism. There are two fundamental realities that should condition a socialist analysis of Israel-Palestine. The first is the reality of national, and the second is the presence of two national groups in the territory. Not as it was in South Africa, a majority population exploited by a narrow, relatively homogeneous settled caste. No, instead we're talking about two national groups, both of which are class differential, each of the bourgeoisie and the working class, both of which are nations by any optical definite concept. These two nations are Israeli Jews and Palestinian Arabs. We oppose the national oppression. We oppose national oppression because the socialist internationalists, we are consistent Democrats. Although national is a construction, what Benedict Anderson refers to as imagined community, is a construction that not wished as historic existence. So while it exists, the right of a nation to govern itself, the right of self-determination, not to be forcibly conquered and governed by another nation, is a democratic right. The Israeli state, the state based on one of the two national groups living in historic Palestine, suppresses the right of the Palestinian nation to self-determination by its occupation regime, by its sponsoring of settled expansion, by its blockade of Gaza. Consistent democracy requires the leveling up of rights. This means full equality between Israeli Jews and Palestinian Arab nations, including equal national rights up to and including independent nation states. This implies the Israeli withdrawal of the West Bank and the creation of an independent Palestinian state with the same rights as Israel. And it must be supported by reparations from Israel and internationally to ensure that this is viable. The balance of forces on the ground make this out an egalitarian two-state settlement remote. No doubt about it. But the same balance of forces make any one state settlement, including the single binational state, which is the settlement that Red Flag now advocates, even less likely. We cannot change the balance of forces at will. We can only state honestly the political conclusions derived from the standard far left line in Israel Palestine is based on a campist anti imperialist line. This history only through the lens of European colonial expansion in the Middle East. This view is it's, sorry, this view ignores or denies many of the historical complexities of the national formation of the Israeli Jews and the foundation of the Israeli state. That history has to be revisited. Jewish immigration to Palestine was both a process of settlement, often displacing Arab communities, and the flight from oppression. The flight from the biggest atrocity of the 20th century, the systematic state-sponsored kill of six million Jews. For many, of course, refugee, it was the only place to which they could, as Gilbert and Ashkar, a French Marxist academic put, it is indisputable that Eastern European Zionism merged in action to a unbearable for racist oppression, ultimately defined the Jews, ultimately defined the Jews as a race and culminated in the Nazi genocide. The history of Israel-Palestine cannot be understood without understanding this duality at heart of Zionism. A settler nationalism that othered the Arabs, yes and response to um, oppression and was seen by many Jews as the only viable escape of oppression. Yes, this duality in no way justifies the displacement of Arab communities, nor the atrocities on both sides and expulsions of people on both sides in the context of the war surrounding Israel's foundation. But it does tell us what we are dealing with, a history too complex for a simplistic frame of imperialist expansion. 
an unqualified anti-Zionism that ignores this duality is not only historic, but it is built into a tendency towards anti-Semitism. Maxime Rodinson, another Mark II, who was, by the way, avowedly anti-Zionist and developed the analysis of Israel as a settler colonial state, said, The Jews of Israel, too, are people. Many went there because it was a preserver, a life preserver, but they most assuredly did not first engage in scholarly research to find out if the right to it, according to some Kantian morality or existentialist ethics. This should set the question of the attitude of socialism should take to the right of Jews to be Palestine for the legitimacy of the Jewish presence in the region. The Trotskyist tradition, which Workers' Liberty and Red Flag emerged, was fairly clear on this. Excuse me. Trotskyists at the time supported the right of Jewish immigration to Palestine, and they roundly criticised the Stalinists for their support for Arab attacks led by the semi-middle landlord of Jewish settlers. In 1948, the Revolutionary Communist League, the small Trotskyist group in Palestine itself, denounced the Arabs' war on the bedroom of the Israeli state, in which some regimes led by British colonial officers, they denounced it as a racial war on the Jews' Palestine. I now want to look at three specific differences workers' liberty has with the flag, then hope to include with some practical proposals. The first difference is two states, one state question. Workers' liberty says, Two states with equal rights. Red flag said a binational state in which all citizens have equal rights. Okay, so both nations in a binational state equal rights. Doesn't that mean they have the equal right to separate statehood? When Workers' Liberty debated a member of the predecessor organization on this question, the answer was given yes, the Israeli Jews can have a state one, but the Zionist Israeli state must be smashed first. It must be replaced with a democratic binational state, and then, if they want, the Jews can secede. How is the Israeli state to be smashed, comrade? The only consistently democratic basis on which the Israeli state can be smashed is as part of a working class anti-capitalist evolution necessarily involving the Israeli Jewish class as well as the Palestinian Arab working class. And of course, workers' unity cannot possibly be constructed on the basis of a programme that puts off equal right to self-determine as something in the distant future. Equality of national rights can be part of a programme for the immediate term. Workers' Liberty supports justice for Palestinian refugees. Oh, sorry, sorry, I've missed it. The second, oh, that, that first difference, the second difference I want to look at is the right of return. So Workers' Liberty supports the justice for Palestinian refugees. Any lasting democratic settlement in the region will have to involve Israeli acknowledgement of the Nakba, the displacement of Palestinians in the process of Israel's formation. There's a joint Palestinian-Israeli initiative called Two States, One Homeland that seems to make some sense. It's a campaign arguing for, two st for a two-states model that rejects the unequal two-state solution that has prevailed in Russia bourgeois diplomacy and geopolitics for some decades now. The Two States, One Homeland initiative says, two wrongs don't make a right. Jews will not be driven out of their homes so that their original Palestinians may be housed in them. They're going to say refugees will receive appropriate monetary compensation Efforts will be made to rebuild towns and villages in areas presently populated. They go on to say, after being Palestinian citizens, the former refugees will have the freedom of movement throughout the homeland they have been exiled from. They then say they will be allowed to make long-term visits and work there. A certain percentage will receive residential rights in the first phase. They then say the next stages will be implemented gradually and in agreement. They say we must understand Palestinians for Palestinians for Palestinians, this will not be a full return, cannot satisfy everyone 100% of their desires. Freedom of movement and residence 
must be universal, apply to all refugees without any quotas or figures, so that can restore their relations with their homeland and their relatives who have stayed here. This approach, it seems to me, is work, which is worked out by Palestinian Israeli progressives who are active on the ground, working to foster unity and partnership in Arabs and Jews, is something that we have to listen to. The third and final difference I want to look at is the question of anti-imperialism. While Red Flag criticises Hamas's politics as dead end, it goes on to propose a united front of all anti-imperialist forces, regardless of class nature or political program. Red Flag says Hamas's attacks are a symbolic demonstration of determination of the Palestinian people whose dignity and existence are extricably linked to resistance to the occupation. Comrades, there is nothing symbolic about three plus rocket, rocket attacks on civilians, unless it is a symbol of a, of a particular strain on the left, which to is totally disconnected the fate of civilians, of workers, Arab and Jewish. This is not class politics. Workers' liberty instead looks at the politics of workers' unity, not as something for the future that might emerge when Israel's been smashed, but as an immediate necessary mechanism for achieving regress. The world, both historically and today, is full of instances where the working class of a given is ideologically and materially invested in colonial or imperial policy of them and derives considerable material privilege from it. But if socialism is the emancipation of the working class, then independent working class politics involving working classes of oppressed nations as well as oppressed ones is the only basis on which socialism can There are no shortcuts. We look to forces in far inside Israel working now, today, to win Israeli Jewish workers to internationalist politics of all rights. Not a politics that tells Israeli Jews their self-determination will come will become operable if they manage to survive the smashing of Israel by an anti-imperialist United Front involving Hamas theocrats. But a politics which poses equality and national rights as an immediate democratic demand. I'll end by saying the best contribution socialists in Britain make to the, to, to the working class and to the democratic struggle in Palestine is to boost the efforts of provide direct solidarity for forces of working class organisations within, crucially between the two communities. We can look to independent workers' organisations like Power to Workers, a radical union independent of Israel's mainstream, which organises independent workers. We, look, we can look to the Democracy of Workers' Rights Centre in Ramallah, which organises Palestinian workers and recently has started to focus on organising women workers. We can look to the Workers' Advice Centre, a binational organisation organised with Jewish and Arab workers in Israel and by territories. We can look to a movement called Standing Together, an Arab-Jewish social movement which includes Palestinian socialist feminists like Masmur Djouli, uh, Sally Abed and Ruler Daru among its leadership and organises against war, oppression, and racism and the explicit basis of Arab-Jewish unity and partnership. It's the only way to advance such politics and to progress, that, that can progress justice, that, that can win progress and justice for all. This is where hope lies. It's our job to do all we can to amplify this. That's it, comrades. Thank you, Jill. Thanks very much. So I'll just turn straight over to Marcel. Uh, half an hour. I'm muting. Um, <clears throat> I would like to begin quoting the UL's article about this is how they set the scene. Hamas, a political Islamist group ruling the Gaza Strip, fired some 480 rockets at the Israeli government responded by bombing hundreds of targets in Gaza. Escalation looks likely to continue. The article continues by demanding that the surrounding states recognize Israel's right to resist. 
and then argues that Israel has the right to defend itself, um, characterizing um, unspecified events in East Jerusalem as handed, and condemning Hamas's attacks as unjustified. In fact, uh, Hamas appears seven times in the article, including the words uh, occupation, for example, not at once. This article is, of course, uh, consistent with uh, the world's characterization of the uh, and what it shows, as I'll explain, is our differences go far in the question of date or two, which is the title of the debate. Let's start by looking a little closer at uh, the world's analysis. The Edith world demands recognition that Israel's right to exist. By contrast, we do not really argue that uh, any state has an abstract right to existence. That is, when it's independent, connected to its relations to other people. An oppressed people in a state do have a right to uh, whether they separate. Set of state sort of the organization of inhabited by the people, making itself liberty by driving them out or deprived of citizenship, cannot be regarded as having uh, or exercising its uh, death. We call for the revolutionary over the capitalist state and replacement with socialist secular states with democratic planners. The AWL believes that Israel's bombing camp against Gaza, well, they mention their self defense in the same breath as, but as we all know, having locked up one night. Subjecting to a state of siege, uh, having shot 9,000 armed protesters three years turn march, anyone should realize their self defense will come into this at all. And it is no different now when Israel is in an apartment box, school, journalists' offices with bombs. The only thing that Israel is defending is its own occupation in Palestine by inflicting collective punishment and carrying on terror against the Palestinian people daring to resist. And on the topic of resistance, um, which in the AWL's article states is not justified on this occasion, it is actually justified, and this isn't simply my opinion, uh, Marcel from Red Bank. This is a right under international law, that under occupation, the right to resist the occupation. Now, of course, uh, speaking uh, dispassionately about uh, Palestine like this is easy, but we shouldn't forget that uh, the latest Israeli aggression didn't start, as the AWOL's article would believe, with rockets from Hamas. Uh, rockets which, by the way, are mostly provides projectiles made by irrigation pipes. This started with the evictions of Palestinians from the Jerusalem neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah, itself um, part of a long-term program, what the Israeli government calls the Judeo-Silation Jerusalem. Um, this is how Israel itself described the process. Israel wants to kick Palestinians out of the city, manufacture a Jewish majority with them eventually annexing the area, creates a unified Jerusalem in the state of Israel. And East Jerusalem is not only occupied uh, illegally by Israeli military, but it's actually the city that Israel have tricked the world into believing that it wants to be the capital of the Palestinian state. This, what this shows, and this will be the theme of introduction, is that the question of one or two states is uh, tied up with the question of, uh, we'll come to this uh, later. It's also necessary to mention that how Israel has uh, responded to the Palestinian protests against the Egyptians, shooting worshippers around the Aqsa Mosque with rubber-coated, not rubber, but sun grenades, beating several times and um, fall on mean indiscriminately. And over 100 Palestinians have been killed Israeli military, whilst uh, several more killed during the pogroms that have taken place uh, inside uh, Israel's rapid borders. But the Sheikh Jarrah evictions and Israel's punitive response to the protesters tells us actually a lot more of the Israeli state. In the first instance, it's further proved that the expulsion of uh, 800,000 Palestinians in what we known as the Nakba was not an isolated incident, after which Israel would leave as a normal state, if you, but rather the beginning of a process of constant expulsion, constant dispossession, constant ethnic 
that will continue to the present day and will continue beyond. It also shows that attempts to come to agreement on uh, Israeli state, the basis of partitioning land, will always be utile, uh, as Israel is dependent yet further expansion, be it through the evictions in Jerusalem, the upcoming planned annexation of the Jordan, or the continued and indeed intensified settlement construction across the West Bank. More specifically, it shows how little respect it actually has for the very two-state solution that it, um, uh, that it says that it supports in principle, um, when in reality they're doing can to stop this being a possibility. So this is the situation we find ourselves in this debate, and the question is, should we try and hold Israel the promise of a two-state solution, or rather, should we demand something else? I think to suggest uh, solutions uh, in isolation can be Instead, our answer to the question should the results of analysis of the Israeli state, of Zionism as an ideology, and of Palestinians need to achieve their own. So, the AWL's support for two states, we argue, is a consequence of serious misanalysis of the Israeli state. And we think its program for the region is uh, one that is um, uh, filled with reformism, fails to solve the Palestinian national question, and makes too many concessions to Zionism. Um, and its support for two states is just one way that this lends uh, itself. Our difference uh, on the question of one or two states is derived from analysis of the Israeli state. To us, um, Israel is a colonial project. It's not uh, simply an expression of Jewish determination. Similarly, we reject uh, Zionist ideology as the official ideology of this project. We therefore don't have any sympathy with the claim that um, maintaining the Jewish majority in Israel is a right that we claimed in the national self-determination. No nation can make such a claim. Therefore, we call for the right of Palestinian refugees and international law to return to the land which they were cleansed. Uh, this ought to be upheld, that we unapologetically support the right of return. Um, we acknowledge um, that overwhelming evidence that uh, Israel is a real project, um, that it's centrifugal to the uh, imperialist world order, and that Zionism is a reactionary ideology. Only as a consequence of this uh, analysis can we show that the two-state solution is not only utopian, but fundamentally unjust and solution, uh, which will neither resolve uh, the struggle of Palestinian rights or working classes of either Islam or Israel. Let's start from the beginning. Is Israel colonial states or is it national states of uh, Israeli? And I know we heard earlier um, uh, the AWL is simultaneously both of these. But I think this uh, formulation uses me to explain. Um, all um, colonial projects have uh, relied on uh, the the oppression of the uh, of the countries, not only to uh, because um, the the promise of life free oppression is uh, central to the colonizing process. This is precisely with the Boers and Sahel. Although, of course, we do accept that this is a more extreme case when it to uh, Jewish settlers in Palestine. But in the first uh, instance, it's necessary to point out that actually early Israeli leaders uh, did indeed see themselves as colonized. Um, David Ben-Gurion, for example, described uh, Israel's role as uh, European civilization, into the, saying that his model of civilization based on uh, Britain, which at the time was earlier figures such as Herzl, obviously uh, also talked about uh, transporting German. Similarly, they saw Palestinians not as any people with they could share the land, but as a sort of inconvenient obstacle to their settlement. Everyone is familiar with Zionist slogan, Palestine, a land without a people. But beyond this classic, uh, the writings of them contain huge amounts of uh, towards the Palestinians, saying that they were in the of self-governance, that they had no attachment to the land, 
to this day, Israeli politicians regularly produce these attitudes, which find their most extreme ones in the wider population. Uh, the Israeli gangs we've seen recently shouting down to Arabs and grotesque uh, viewing parties with their airstrikes against Gaza. More specifically, uh, Israel is a settler of the states, in the same mold as um, uh, North American countries. Um, with both Israel and uh, historical cases, um, the, the aim of colonization not simply in the resources of the country, but it goes further by attempting to eliminate population through displacement, demonization, uh, or through integration. And, and then uh, the next stage is to build a state with colonizers. Indeed, um, the foundation of Israel was uh, not a, a gift uh, to Europe's Jew, nor was it either a result of a national struggle. Rather, it was a deliberate decision by Britain, the United States, and originally uh, the Soviet Union, who calculated that an outpost in the Middle East, generally supportive of their hegemonic role in them, would benefit their imperialist interests. Britain had supported for a long time their Jewish organizations development of Palestine, as well as assisting them in capital country, giving them present conditions, uh, over Knowing that their mandates, uh, at least, would uh, soon expire, they wanted to create a local class who could keep markets open for the base for future military activity of the region. And with Britain's decline, it's now U.S. imperialism, which is exploiting uh, the outpost for its own end. It grants Israel's billions in military aid, and in return, collaborates in its call against Iran, has preferential access to Israeli high-tech weapons industry, and can use uh, Israeli airspace and military bases for its uh, imperialist war in the region. And uh, any capitalist uh, endeavor which is as ambitious as uh, the, the colonization requires an ideology to uh, legitimize itself. And that's uh, precisely what uh, Zionism It's essential to remember that uh, Zionism had long been minority belief amongst uh, young Jews. And it was indeed the right wing response to anti Semitism originally. Socialists uh, more often not fought liberation within their European uh, country. It was only really with the uh, growing support of nationalism generally. And then, of course, the horrors of uh, which uh, did widespread amongst uh, Europe. At its most fundamental level, Zionism is the belief that there should be Jewish states, or more specifically, estates with majority Jewish population and institutionalized villages uh, with that Jewish population. On uh, a very basic level, this is uh, practically all national allergies called for, and uh, indeed the AW called for Israeli self determination, precisely on the basis that constitutes uh, majority in 1948 years. But any comparison between Israel and countries that are only the product of national struggle ends with uh, even those basic parts of history about uh, how uh, Israel Jews came to be priority. The, the fact that Israel has this uh, majority is only the product of cleansing, first through the uh, and since then through a series of expulsions and the continued denial of the rights of refugees to return. Of course, Israel does not allow the refugees to return precisely because it would destroy the basis of the Zionist state. In such a case, it would find itself governing a majority Palestinian population who would, uh, have, were they given any democratic rights, refuse to be treated as second-class citizens. And the AWL, by and large, accepts the uh, Zionist imperative of uh, exclusion of Palestinians. Most shockingly, as we've heard already, uh, the organization opposes the uh, right of return, which um, previous articles they uh, describe as uh, the collective possession of the territory, which they say privileges people on the basis of ethnicity. This could not be more wrong. What return delivers is uh, not privileged rights, but equal rights to expelled Palestinians. It gives them precisely the same rights that is given to American, Russian, or British Jews who never even set foot in Palestine before. 
The interview role, I believe, mischaracterised and minimised this demand by claiming it would only be exercised by grandchildren. But first of all, the grandchildren uh, of those who are expelled are definition reference themselves. Um, this is, again, the definition under international law by the basic facts that the majority of them live in squalid conditions if you keep in the West Bank in Lebanon on the outskirts of uh, what are already poor cities in very Furthermore, we don't, we, we're simply not uh, just dealing with grandchildren of expelled parents. This is something that happened in very recent history, right? This humans. There, there are many of uh, people who were expelled but are still alive today and waiting for their rights. That the AWL accepts uh, Zionist claim that Palestinian rights must be suspended in the abstract national right shows I've been a misunderstanding of the Marxist approach. Clearly, the right to self-determination isn't absolute right. Um, Marxists cannot support a claim to self-determination, where it's quite demonstrably denies the possibility of self-determination. But could it be argued that creation of a Palestinian state alongside Israel could resolve the conditions um, that Israel faces as a settler colonial state? Uh, absolutely not, I would say. In the first instance, a uh, proposed two-state solution is now an effective impossibility. Since the start of occupation, Israel now settled almost a million turned citizens illegally to the West Bank, including in East Jerusalem. Uh, but the cost of removing these settlers be astronomical. I think quite an ordinary endeavour compared to the possibility of allowing Jews and Palestinians to settle anywhere within Doric Palestine. Of course, we cannot leave the question to its possibility, but we also need to point out inherent injustices involved with the two-state solution. In any case, we're dealing with a deeply unfair partition of a historic Palestine. The Palestinians are receive no more than 22% of their, despite being greater in number, the Israeli Jews who will receive 78% of it. And that is not including the millions uh, more. The two major territories uh, would be separated uh, in Israel, allowed to restrict uh, travel to uh, the West Bank and Gaza. But to speak in uh, any greater depth, not uh, the two-state solution, we have to look at uh, its concrete proposals. And the clearest and most recent indication precisely how a two-state solution rule demented uh, came out uh, last year, Trump's deal of the century. The proposal not only presents the official position of the state's government, but also the basis of Israel's policy. In Indeed, a lot of what was proposed uh, in the so-called deal is currently carried out by Israel, regardless of how insane thoughts uh, the proposal And they uh, do from the surrounding states. Anyone who has read that recognize immediately the the state promised to the Palestinian is little more than Israeli protection. Israel will be able to veto Palestinian membership of the international organization, which is Interpol, Arab League. Israel will be able to put significant restrictions on how developed the Palestinian military can be. And Israel would retain control of Palestinian borders, aspects, fisheries, and would have the right to invade Palestinian terror at its pleasing. The plan also promises even more for Israel. Most of the settlements would be annexed, as well as the entirety of the Jordan. As Israel prepares to carry out these stations in plain sight, one could reasonably argue that this is the deal of the century, it's not a serious proposal for two states, but it's a smokescreen which Israel can further destroy hopes of the Palestinians. But to say this would uh, simply to remind the entire history of the proposed two state solution. This is precisely the outcome of the, that the Palestinian leadership has agreed in principle. And indeed, to some of the treaties in the past, uh, is more evidence of the, of the weakness of their leadership than, and the desperateness of Palestinian situation than it is the feasibility and fairness of such proposal. Furthermore, 
The proposal for two states doesn't resolve the crises inside the state of Israel. The almost two million Palestinians living inside the borders will continue to face uh, the same discrimination and oppression. That, and um, the, the discrimination they face at the moment is very uh, severe. Israeli neighbourhoods uh, have the right to refuse residency to Palestinians of Israel. Um, they also face uh, huge restrictions on the right to political organisation, including a ban on Zionist parties from running elections for the Israeli parliament. And Palestinians inside Israel also face um, harassment and imprisonment of their own political activists. And most recently, we've all seen violence from Israeli extremists in the streets. This is, I think, the reality of the minority in a non-secular state. Furthermore, two states, the question of right of reason is still not settled. With the two-state solution, the Palestinian refugee crisis in uh, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, etc., are simply replaced by a refugee crisis in West Bank. It's neither reasonable nor fair, let alone socialist, to try to resettle the largest refugee population, a tiny, incredibly impoverished tract of land, when, when at the same time, the country that expelled them and the country to which they want to return has far more resources to host them. On several occasions, um, AWL has accused uh, uh, much of the left holding Israel to a different standard. And by way of conclusion, I would like to turn this accusation around and say that we actually have consistent, repressive, and chauvinistic capitalist state. By contrast, it's the AWL who affords Israel a series of privileges no socialist would accept countries. A right to maintain um, a Jewish majority at the expense of the largest refugee population in the world. A right to veto the basic rights of the Palestinians in the abused name of self-determination. The right to launch vicious bombing campaigns which leave uh, civilians dead in the self-defense. I don't think we'd say this about the other states. The reality is that uh, the Zionist project is not only a humanitarian catastrophe, but it's a fundamental barrier to uh, socialism, both in Palestine and in the countries of the region where its military political interventions are just. We can't overcome this simply by um, putting a, a, a fragmentary Palestinian state on side with. Instead, call for the overthrow of the Israeli state, solidarity with Palestinian existence, right of return for millions of expelled Palestinian refugees, and a single secular and socialist Palestine where Jews and Palestinians can live equally. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marcel. Okay, so we now have um, time, I think, well, um, as it took a bit less than half an hour, about probably about 50 contributions, if comrade their contribution short. So I'm going to take somebody from the first, just to know them, and then which I hope is going to advise me who I should take. Hi, comrades, um, and I thank both groups who've organised this debate. Um, I think there's two problems with the one-state position that Marcel has forward. Um, so the first one is it's um, it's a break. So as you explained, it's a break from Trotskyist tradition of the region, but it's also morbidly it's a break from the liberation struggle. I can't think historically an example that has fought off only to say voluntarily dissolve into uh, a joint state with oppressing it. So for example you take uh, what Marx wrote about and his slogan was uh, first separation. You look at the way that it immediately and uh, a federal relationship between the colonies was set up, but only after or kind of strongly asserted. I can't think of an example of Palestinians, which is to voluntarily dissolve any kind of an independent state of them. And presumably, as well as thinking, getting rid of settlers from Palestine. Marcel also thinks that efforts 
win ignition for a leave also be reacted. I think it's rather odd. I'm in favour of recognising Palestinians. Just in general, the experience of history is that oppressed people want their state. The second thing now is, look, the problem with what we do about six million, more or less, Israeli Jews who are there in a compact area, they want to continue to exist. Um, saying that you want something to resolve by ocean isn't like waving. You can't make a revolution over the aspirations of six million people change their minds, suppose that they be conquered in a war. Thank you, Ed. Okay, so I'm now going to Andy W. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in the previous event, 2010, uh, Camilla Bassi said that uh, Israel-Palestine is an extremely particular, peculiar situation. One could say exceptional. I think it's true the question of binational state for peoples is exceptional, but so is the situation in Israel-Palestine, clearly, especially when you die on the refugees, which the AWL again and again denies the national of the Palestinians by denying the right return. Something we wouldn't bring any other people. And, uh, you know, the Kurds don't have a claim to the rest of Turkey. Uh, the Rohingya don't have a claim to the rest of Myanmar. But I'm afraid that uh, the privileges of the working class and Israeli for as a whole derive from um, the, the land and the labor until very recently. Palestinian labor replaced with labor in order to be able to stop the powerful intifadas um, that were that were hurting the, the revolt or hurting the early economy. Um, used the Oslo uh, Accord cynically to build and expand uh, settlements in the West Bank, also to wire out Palestinian neighbors so they didn't have it. But they still have the land. I'm afraid the only just solution for both peoples must be a, a, uh, a binational state. And that won't be one from the Israeli state, the powerful military state, at least, um, through peaceful reform means, but through revolt and revolution. Um, and the Palestinians are forced into the world precisely because of the aggression of the state and its need to expand um, in order to retain its Jewish character and also to, uh, um, to, to dampen down class contradictions within Israel itself. I wanted to say, really, the Middle East is strategic. Um, oil, but also Suez. And forget the 1956 attempt to grab the Suez Canal, the French and Israelism together, which the new hegemon slapped down the United States. But uh, Israel's not imperialist. It's a settler. But we still have to use imperialists to analyze. It's a privileged semi colony probably the most privileged. Why is it privileged? Because it plays an indispensable role to the United States and to Britain, um, which is that it's a deniable Rottweiler and a long lead. When you want to bomb, uh, Iraq or Syria or any of the other regime, um, if you want to intimidate Arab states, Israel is by far the most powerful Israeli state in them, has been for decades, um, thanks to the USA. Um, it, uh, it, it allows uh, Israel to do that and then simply to block or veto any condemnation of Israel on the security count. There's, there's scores of security, or, or rather General uh, Assembly UN residents against occupying territories that's British Britain and America on the security council that protected. And it's well known that Britain, that America, since Israel is the biggest recipient of aid, it is year in and year out, three or four times um, often uh, next recipient, and, uh, and it's received something like two billion pounds. It's a deception in the United States, and it's guaranteed by the United States. There's a 2020 U.S. Congress report out that's just shown, that just stated, they said it's guaranteed absolutely over the rest of the Arab states. The Palestinians, every struggle on the face of the state back to the U.S. imperial region, um, those revolutions, when they occur as the Arab Spring shows, inevitably have character. The Palestinians absolutely demand solidarity from the Israelis, who, to become revolutionary, will have to abandon their national bridges and chauvinism, join in a struggle for Palestinians' equality and the right of return. And that will have a rebasis, and even more so they have with the masters of the region. Uh, if they're to uh, if they're to uh, they're to succeed, and that is part of the revolutionary project to overturn capitalism in the Middle East. The Palestinians are the essential part of. Thank you very much. I'm now going to take. I'm just trying to unmute. There we go. Thank you. Um, right, where to begin? First of all, let's assume the commemorations are right, 
and that the only viable solution is something that's seen by national state of Jews and Arabs. The question I'd like to put to none of them answered, or the last comment was a rather strange one about the Jewish working class voluntarily giving up rights and privileges. The question I'd like to ask is who, what force is going to bring that about? Surely Marxists. The crucial question is what force do we look to to actually change the situation? There is no example in human history, for instance, of a people who once established national self to voluntarily giving it up. Do you, comrades, seriously believe, even if we were, it was desirable, that the Palestinians have the capability of owning the Israeli state? No. The only actual realistic force that could possibly bring up would be the surrounding Arab bourgeoisie, the surrounding Arab states, um, who are going to create a democratic state. Um, in Israel, you know, those forces that are actually themselves be noted for being either democratic or secular. So that's the crucial question I'd ask the comment. What force is going to be it about? How is it going to be? Just briefly, a couple of other things. Um, Marcel, in his own remarks, referred Israel simply as a settler colonial state in the same way as, say, America um, or Australia. Leaving out of account the specific circumstances that led to that state. Now, some um, Zionists use the Holocaust and the events of the 1940s to more or less justify any Israel does. That's certainly not what I'm trying to do, and not the AWLC. It's not an excuse for the barbarity of a lot. But it is something that has to be in mind. And it is something that's very important to understand when you simply describe Israel as a settler state. It isn't simply a settler state. It's a state that came to exist in a very specific circumstances. Isaac Deutscher was right in describing it as a life state. Um, and I really think comrades are leaving out a very deliberately a very, very aspect of Israel came to existence. As I say, it doesn't excuse everything Israel does, but you're making big mistake, comrades, you should ignore that. And finally, the idea that um, Israel was, and again, Marcel suggested this, was creation of British is just nonsense. It just doesn't stand up with historic scrutiny. By the 1940 British Imperium actually hosed I think, but I stand to be this, I think Britain didn't vote for the partition and declare the Israeli state. And certainly they um in favour of Israel's right to armament to create war. And in fact, Israel not obtained armament, not to support the Soviet Union Czechoslovakia. So even your basic history wrong comments regardless of that, the conclusions of the Just, you know, look for Tim. Oh, there you are, Tim. I'll just ask you to unmute. Um, okay. Yeah, so I want to come back on the um, thing that was raised um, about the role of um, Hamas um, um, referred to um, by the, uh, uh, you know, pro-imperialist press and um, by the AWL as well. As um, you know, uh, as this um, Bodhi man, which the, um, the Palestinian support it. Um, but we have to start from the uh, position that the Israeli occupation of Palestine is illegitimate um, and can't be resolved until the Israeli state is dismantled. Um, it was the state was installed by imperialists um, to colonize and press um, the Arab people um, in the East, um, and so therefore Palestinian resistance to that is completely legitimate, and it's our role as Work uh, working class in uh, poor imperialist countries to provide solidarity with that resistance. We can disagree with certain tactics. Uh, the rockets not only um, is aiming uh, is dangerous to civilians um, uh, wrong. Um, it's also ineffective. 
um, as a form of resistance. We oppose leadership of Hamas does have a right reaction ideology, um, and uh, and uh, and we should absolutely oppose um, oppose its leadership um, of the um, resistance. However, we cannot, as um, as working class of an output, create conditions of our solidarity. It's not our place to um, to insist that um, the Palestinian people install leadership that we would prefer before we give our solidarity. Um, the um, um, all we can do is build a solidarity movement in Britain, call for the working class in Britain to provide solidarity to the Palestinian people. And while doing that, we are able to, and we should, make criticisms of tactics or politics of leadership that we um, may disagree with. Um, but um, but um, there cannot be, and we can impose conditions on our support. Um, the, um, the role of mass is too often used as um, a, um, as an excuse for the uh, pro-imperialist, uh, say, the right of the party, both in Britain and America, in order to withhold withhold solidarity. I'll be absolutely clear. Um, um, that there is no, irrespective of the continued repression of the power, should be posed um, and we the unconditional solid. Thank you, comrades. Okay, so I'm going to take next Martin Thomas, then Merwa, uh, then Ben, and then um, slightly sort of losing of where we're up to. I will probably sort of like ask for um, uh, comrades if you want to questions or issue in the general. Okay, so Martin, you next. I'm trying, I'm trying to mute. All oh, right, I will mute now. Thanks, Happy. Look, I would like to see a single secular, secular democratic state in Palestine. Actually, not just in Palestine, but in the whole. Um, my argument is first argument: how, in what way, does support for Hamas conceivably point us towards it? It seems to be no more than would have support for the Arab states in the 1948 war, um, which um, no. Um, Trotskyist um, at the time advocated. Um, why uh, support have us not contributed to that in any way? Firstly, because that's simply not what Hamas is for. Uh, they're not in favour of democracy and they're not in favour of secularism. They, they were, are in favour of a single state ruled by themselves. Um, but um, Unless you're saying that a single state ruled by Hamas is at least a step forward to your objective, um, I, I, uh, which I would deny, I can't see how that makes any sense at all. Um, you talk about uh, the Israeli workers to abandon chauvinism. That certainly ca cannot be brought about by uh, 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 directing rockets to kill them. Um, with the promise, look, what you should do is um, welcome and fire these rockets in to run your country. That is, that is not possible. Is the idea that Hamas will at some point militarily overwhelm uh, the Israeli state? Well, um, fortunately, that's not the case. Uh, as you said, Israel is a militarily powerful state. Hamas is technology. So what that means, in fact, in fact, you're, you have... Um, as a long game, a uh, very bloody perspective, I think, which is Hamas somehow uh, overwhelms the Israeli state. You have a single state, which is not democratic and secular yet, but maybe you will become that. Um, uh, in, the in the meantime, you're offering a complete dead end because it's, it's, it, that's not going to happen. Uh, all this, look, you can get a single democratic sector 
secular state in the area only by the free agreement of the, the nations in that area. That's um, Otherwise, your single state is based on the national suppression of one of the nations in the area. It's not democratic. Uh, in fact, it, um, in this case, it can be imposed only by extreme repression. And to get a socialist revolution, you have to unite the workers on in the different nationalities. And that cannot be on a program of the suppression of one nationality by another, even if that's... Uh, and it doesn't make it any better um, if that suppression is militarily usable. All that means is by pointing to support for Hamas is the way forward. You're pointing to something which leads them in complete dead end. And well, the promise that somehow this is going to happen, uh, somehow things are going to be resolved by socialism. But on your argument, even under socialism, it won't be possible. But even under socialism, the Israeli Jews will still bear this um, mark of sin, which, in your view, deprives them of the right of national sovereignty of other nations. I've got Manerwe next. Just unmute. Thank you, Chair and comrades, for organising this uh, very important debate. So, uh, uh, first of all, I'd like to respond to this question posed by the Alliance for Workers. Uh, what was this going to be a single state? So, um, we would like to, I guess, um, pose the same question to you. Uh, what was this going to be about an end to Israeli uh, expansionism and its withdrawal, agreed borders, and viable Palestinian state? And, uh, I mean, your solution also requires a revolutionary mobilization of the Israeli working class, the credible um, Israeli-Palestinian settlement of the existing separatists. I think it's, uh, yeah, uh, to think that uh, such a revolution in Israel by a naturally exclusive Jewish state existing after it is um, completely absurd. I also have been the misfortune to hear a statement of Elati. Um, I think your statement, like you just done, had both serving Israel rights. Uh, and as Marxist, I think to go beyond just the government characterization of the state at hand, uh, you are completely uncritical of the, the state's uh, ideology of Zionism. Uh, the Community Alliance for Workers talk about how we as Marxists recognize the right to self-determination, and by virtue of the Zionist state also has to exist. I would like to remind uh, Comrade that the right to self-determination does not mean the right to occupy cause and annex, such a disingenuous that it created false binary. Uh, between the colonial Zionist project, oppressed, displaced people is frankly pathetic in life. We do not recognize the right of Israel to exist, which is why we cannot the two-state solution. And I think we have to keep in mind that the difference in the British colonialism in India and the system of Israel, uh, which has come to stay and carve out an illegal state based on some religious barriers. Um, should we rely on a mature appetite state to stick with its promised two-state solution? I would like to ask comments of the Alliance for but since when have we as Marxists been relying on both states for resolution of the fact that the question of property, which has historically been at the heart of the occult conflict and brushed as a carpet in your statement, is really telling. The displacement of Palestinians and the of their lands, which again resurfaced in the recent state uh, of Israel-led uh, violence, is the class question which the Alliance for Workers see, seems to have answered over no interest. I think that how for the formation of socialist United States of the Middle East and a socialist revolution for, uh, for the freedom of Palestine is the correct demand. It is not dependent on the uh, Jewish working class breaking the different joys in the Zionist state. And this can, this is just not necessary, but also possible. And if anyone thinks that their credit demands can't be used to further a revolution, then all I can say is that comrades have yet to end the transitional method. Thank you. Next on my list is Ben. Thanks, comrades. Um, 
So Marcel, in his opening, said uh, that attempts to make agreements with the Israeli state will always be futile based on its past record. Uh, and he also said that settlers um, can't be removed, um, the settlers who have um, passed the sort of the borders of Israel, uh, because the cost would be exorbitant, it would be reactionary. The comrade from the IBT said that a solution is impossible under capitalism. So all, all of these statements push towards the position that um, any measure of relief or freedom for um, the Palestinians currently bombardment and repression is postponed to this sort of distant revolutionary situation. Now, I agree the leaders of the Israeli state and the class and the right set paramilitary and transitory, but we're not UN liberals. We don't rely simply on bourgeois dramatic negations that uh, sort of accept the starting lines of the ruling class. We bring the power of the working class to break them in intransigence. And that power is not just an on-off switch that's either zero, complete socialist consciousness and revolution, the comrades from Rag have spoken is. Marcel called two states utopian. It's, it's quite the opposite. Most Palestinians want Palestinians. Most Israelis want an Israeli state. So the demand for both of those to be fulfilled imperfectly as they would be is nevertheless a basis, a, a working basis for world unity. That work is concrete and done on the ground right now. Unions like Wattons, social movements like Standing Together, organised people of both groups on their shared class interests while um, a withdrawal from occupation. Marcel also spoke as if nations only get self-determination uh, if... They were historically pressed. Red flag was previously supported by Scottish, the Scottish nation that have a referendum. Um, no one could realistically accept the most of the Scots that Scotland is an oppressed state. Nevertheless, if the Scottish people won, obviously this is not entirely comparable, but demonstrates clearly self-determination is general right. Um, because to deny it would involve that oppression is not current, a repression of that. I want to read something that uh, one of the leaders of Standing Together um, social movement said about about this question. The idea of one state as an immediate solution to the present situation might sound nice, but how is it to be achieved? You have two distinct national groups, both of which have a strong will to self-determination. How are we going to force these people to the framework of a single state from? The only viable immediate solution is ending the occupation and fulfilling Palestinian rights self-determination by establishing Palestinian state alongside Israel. If you want to dream, why stop one state? Why not a socialist federation at least? That's my dream. And it is not something planned to stop drift once we have two states. Two states is not an end point, but we need to get first. Two states should not be posed as a solution. It is not a solution. It is a partial advance. It's a stepping stone. The utopian position is the one that postpones relief from immediate bombardment, intense repression and discrimination to this sort of distant socialist revolution, which clearly is a long way off. We, pro we propose two states not as a utopia, but precisely as an organising slot for a movement that can win some level of concession, some level of relief, and some level of freedom. Thank you, Ben. So our next speaker, Dave Stockton, Ben, Ben Forge. Ben, I'm going to sneak in a couple. So we'll just have to see how it goes. So, Dave, you're next. There right. you go. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Um, look, the problem kind of is quite simple, kind of, and that is how are we going to think about you know you know this situation? Uh, you know, either the beautiful and I think genuinely utopian social you know two states where oppression is ended you know, for the Palestinians, everyone is 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 is, uh, is living together in you know, with their neighbours, as it were, across, you know, or kind of a single state solution. The truth is, you know, Martin's thing about oh, we you know this means we mean we want Hamas to conquer Israel. You know, it, it quite rightly and we quite rightly you know, realise that that's an impossibility. Here. What we have to say, though, is that the existing Zionist state and the oppressing Palestinians, bombarding Gaza and killing, you know, and all the things that, that have been mentioned in the, there, that state, you know, cannot be the state in which uh, over which lives alongside a Palestinian state, which grants it it it, it 
rights. It's not that kind of state. That's not how it was built, and it will never be that kind of state. So it has to be, you know, kind of got rid of. It has to be destroyed. It, is that going to be done by surrounding Arab states? No. Is it going to be done by Hamas? Certainly not. So how could it be done? Well, I'm sorry, but we, you know, I think the, the really crude question, you know, will it be done by the Israeli working class? You know, no, because the Israeli working class, unfortunately, as long as it has that state and has those privileges, it will always, you know, refuse to, to, to support Palestinians' legitimate democratic demands. I'm not saying all Palestinian workers. I'm sure there are excellent groups of people in it. And so how do we actually do it? Well, the international work class has to sort of in, intervene in this question because Israel is, you know, in a very important sense, dependent kind of on the support of the imperialists. I don't mean just in terms of money, you know, kind of military things, although they're important, but, you know, it's protected into nations, you know, kind of and that. It, it's, it, it's got a guarantee from those states. We have to end that guarantee and the working class of, 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 of Europe and North America have to end that guarantee by forcing their room class in a, to abandon that sort of support. And that. When we do that, you know, it will have an effect on, on the on, on the Israeli working class as well as the thing, because the Israeli working class have to realise they cannot go on with a settler state with presses to Palliates. So one of the comments from Red Flag said, um, do you rely on the bourgeois states to to solve this problem. And that's absolutely not what we do. I mean, with Workers' Liberty, the point about the two-state programme is it's a programme that uh, allows uh, Israeli Jewish working class and Arab Palestinian working class a programme which they unite around to set up the score for both, to set, sort the national, to give uh, a programme where they can set up the score with their, the bourgeois leaders on both sides of the, that divide. And I think that's the point. And the point is, I mean, if we just listen to what Dave Stockton said a moment or two, um, is it realistic that uh, a democratic program could unite the uh, Arab and Jewish? Is it realistic that the international working class goes to solve this from outside uh, Arab and class? What would it even look like? How would it, when have national conflicts solved back to, uh, or, uh, People out, or the working class outside the nation. Um, previously, one of the uh, comrades um, said uh, the uh, workers have denied the return. And, and I think that, that what we say about the return is this is without a settlement, without a just settlement, what we're talking about is the destruction of Israel by any other name. It's worth remembering about the refugees. These refugees have been kept political by the Arab state in refugee camps. Over 60 years now, um, and sometimes we're talking about uh, children um, of, of the original refugees and grandchildren who uh, wouldn't have never set foot in this time. Now that doesn't mean part of a settlement, recreation. The notion of just accept uh, millions of people back in without any just settlement is not part of a socialist democratic program for them. It's a it's a, a battering ram to uh, end the early state and the. Uh, and I think that politically, um, what we need to do, as I said before, is find a programme that can unite the working not beat down and up one of Okay, so George. Um... Yeah, thank you. Uh, Georg from Germany, Arbeitere Macht. Um, first of all, I really have to say I do like the fact we're discussing, but I'm really appalled by the discussion still. And I can understand why I've seen so few Palestinians speak and also participate in the nation, because I think most of them simply couldn't. 
Um, I think there is so much hypocrisy in some of the, that have been said, and I'm going to speak briefly on the Hamas quest. So our statement is, sporadic rocket attacks on Israel Palestinian resistance organizations are desperations in asymmetric war. They can be little more than a symbolic demonstration of the deepening of the Palestinian people continue to resist. The fact that rockets have reached not only us reminds Israelis that they... I'd like to know from you if you agree that this is a fact or it's not. And I'd really like to know from uh, the Alliance for Women's Liberty what class strategies they would advise the people in Gaza to resist the fact that they are hold under, block, under a blockade for years now. They, to a big extent, cannot anyways. Uh, and how to show solidarity their people, which they also think they... Uh, who are fighting in Jerusalem, the West Bank, and we look at the state, uh, our state was from a couple of days ago when they had any rockets as of, as of then. Uh, the AWA statement, I think more recent, um, it completely fails to mention of the fact that in the West Bank alone, uh, the Israeli military has killed more times than the Palestinians have been resisting in the street um, than the rockets uh, have killed uh, by now in the Israeli areas. Uh, so I think this is simply, simply something you know, that, that simply talking about this appears to you as a support for politics of mass is just outrageous. You know, I mean, for the Hamas, a power, all kinds of other organizations fired such hits from uh, Gaza. They still do, by uh, just uh, that Hamas uh, takes over the credit all of this. I think that rockets will not change, uh, but they're really an act of desperation. And we should, by the way, besides this, not vote this out of portion, like the media and you does. Um, but very briefly. If it came to be that pressure and only pressure by uh, means of Ifada will force Israel to concede a two-state solution should come about, and Palestinians would, we were certainly not the ones who take Palestinians. You have no right. You have you right to take a Palestinian state or not. The reality is Israel is not to grant that. It has shown this over years, and it has increased its standards. But what we as socialists also have to say is that we think most progressive solution would be a democratic one-state solution, in the sense of solution of a bi-national state uh, and a socialist and a socialist state. If you think that is a thing that socialists should not promote, then I think simply you're not revolutionary. Sorry. And I think also not in touch with uh, before me said of what a many, many Palestinian think and in fact the radical left and left wing of the Israeli Jews. Uh, if you talk to them, majority, the majority of the radicals will favor this solution. Indeed, the S, I mean, they're not edging for a socialist state. The S uh, has uh, certainly popular some uh, problems, I think, mainly explained by the pain, has popularized it, and it has popularized it amongst many progressive Jews, not just in Israel, but in around the world. If you can't see this, it just means, I think your statement is this, you're out of touch with the progressive movements in Palestine, Israel, and in other countries. And I'm not in the right now, so I can't say you participated in the program. Okay, thank you, thank you, Comrade. Um, yeah, so um, uh, the root of the issue, I think, um, look, I think, I've, 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 you know, I don't know a million Israelis and Palestinians, but I've met a few, and I think it's quite clear that whatever, whatever the polls might say at any one point, whether or not uh, a majority or a minority supporting states, it's quite clear that there is, a, there is national antagonism between these two. It's obviously not equal national antagonism. One nation, national, has... Uh, a state where they can express their self-determination, and that state actually denies uh, that exact right from another group. But I'm 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 quite certain that uh, 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 a large group of uh, if I gave a button to a large group of Palestinians, to most Palestinians, and said if you press this, all the Jews leave, and you can have a Palestine. Most Palestinians would uh, hit that button, and the same would be the reverse. Like if most Israelis, uh, because of the reactionary nature of Israeli politics these days, were given a button that said all the Arabs leave in Jordan or whatever this land, probably these days a majority of Israelis would press. 
the problem is what rights they actually have as nations. As nations okay? And the problem I think a lot of people um, I meet on the left uh, seem to have an issue with is whether or not they view Israel as a nation. Um, Israeli, the Israeli state was formed by settlers, true. Uh, that almost has almost no bearing the reality of whether or not the Israeli nation exists. If there is a Hebrew-Israeli nation, which there is, uh, that is class differentiated, that coheres itself as a national entity, they have a right to self-determination. They don't. That's separate discussion. Then the Palestinians don't either. But they do, the Palestinians and the Israelis. You can't self-determine uh, in the ether. You self-determine on land. The best, most consistent democratic way for both of these nations to self-determination is for the Palestinians alongside Israel. Um, they will, both states will have minorities, and we, we're not... There is there is a Hungarian minority in Slovakia. There is, but both states exist as the expression of their national. There is no national antagonism. One thing I wanted to about was uh, Marcel's idea that Palestinians have twenty two percent. I've always found it slightly strange why people are so wedded to wedded to one particular uh, colonial border. The borders of historical Palestine that their heads that are on fact are borders drawn by British imperialism in nineteen nineteen. Why do you call one second democratic state only in this particular? Why do you not call Jordan and the borders of Syria non which are colonial artifacts? Why do we not say uh, we believe in one secular state from Israel to the Euphrates? Because that's not an answer to anything. That's not an answer to the national anthem. Um, so I don't think uh, um, uh, for the two states being the... On the right, return to refugees on this. Uh, uh, obviously, everyone expelled by Israel in 48 war should have a right uh, to go back. But on the issue of the descendants of the Palestinians, I'll just use an analogy. Um, obviously, every individual should be allowed to move where they like, and that's and that includes Palestinian refugees. When we look at uh, modern formations created through the expulsion of the modern state of Poland, modern Czech, uh, Czechs, was Czechoslovakia, their modern borders came about live with the expulsion of millions of Germans from their historic home. Okay, those Germans have been there for centuries. They were expelled to make demographic change. Uh, the descendant. No, we do not say. We do say that there should be retribution for that. Just as we say for the Palestinians, we do not say the Czech state, Polish state, are, are state are, are nations that do not have right to self-determination in their uh, until uh, there is all the descendants of the refugees who were expelled from there. We obviously support rights, just as there is the right because there is a European Union, no class uh, national conflict era. There is the right of Germans to. But we do not say that the formations, illegitimate formations there, but even though it's probably true that all the descendants of the Germans, they would probably at least have a, a, the equal parity with the population. And finally, I want to, I want to stress that uh, if we're going to use uh, the, the country, it's not something, not a small matter. It is wrong to say they were not places like Morocco. They didn't all go. Uh, it's no more an answer than the fact that all the Palestinians were not expelled. Need to be restitution of one way to end nationalism. Firstly, the Palestinian Israelis, then the antagonism towards the presence of Hebrews in nation in the Middle East, which is still seen as illegitimate by most. That needs to be ended. One way, just that the Israelis need to have future for the Middle East countries need to come oh, to Mark, groups you, people yeah. and, and make restitution. Come on, I just want to deal with two questions. The first one is a um, question raised by Jill in her introduction, which is uh, an essential. You know, an essential part of the um, Jewish identity worldwide and the importance of that memory and so on. Um, however, I think the problem is when you say that ahistorically, in all circumstances, this is the overriding narrative which gives the Jewish people, um, in all circumstances, the role of the oppressed. I think that uh, is a real problem. It, it not being able to look at it in their historical real context and see who the aggressor it's not the only time in history where a group turned into an oppressor. You know, we've got a similar situation here. We must recognise that we have to judge things that appear, and as Mariam said, the second thing I want work Jewish and worker unit, which, of course, in the abstract is fine, but uh, the problem is that 
really means national struggle. In effect, unity on the basis of the present nation, um, national oppression, the other side. It would mean that even as described by Ben or someone who described him by a two-state solution being a temporary stage, this temporary stage Palestinians endure, which 3.8 million refugees actually oppressed in host country, unable to return to their, their family homes from 70 years ago, or in some instances, unable to till land which they live only a few miles away from Israel and territories, therefore they actually return then. And uh, then you've got the second-class citizen state for 2 million Palestinians inside, right of assembly, right of organization, in cases uh, of their choice, uh, and so on. Um, you know, that, that is the problem. You're saying that work unity can be forged. You drop all that and even drop the immediate issues, as the AWL did um, to the demo of Sheikh Jarrah, the situation in Gaza, the annexation pro make Israel the sole capital, you know, ethnically Palestinians. Sheikh Jarrah is, a, you say, drop all that and maybe we have a joint campaign. Maybe we can have a campaign on wages. It is enemism actually undermines the, the Indora professed. The only solution which can solve that is a solution that actually says the Anisvir binational state, which we believe can only be in class's own action, be a worker state, which can then um, give equal role of its citizens. Um, our aim is to break up the Zionist bloc, cross-class cross bloc, you know, neutralize the, um, uh, the the fighting will of the majority, or, you know, win over uh, at least the most active. And that does mean mobilizing as far and wide as possible, where the international world has to bear its weight on the situation in order to stop this um, uh, struggle and parties concerned, especially the press party. You know, internationally um, saying no no role for Jewish workers, but it's to say that blow of international solid the continued distance at every single manifestation of oppression in the Intifada actually do a lot to actually dis dislodge Jewish working from their class oppressors. Um thank you, comrade. Okay, so we're gonna have some sorry to people into the discussion. There's quite a number of you um going on. We're going to... so comrades, could you just take about six or seven minutes to sum up? Um, I know that's not, we are very late. Thank you. So, Marcel. Thank you uh, to everyone who contributed to the discussion. Obviously, I kept every single point, but back to some of the important ones, in my opinion. I think, uh, to me, uh, and, and then it's on, um, so to me, I think the question of return is, is central to this uh, debate. As I said in my original introduction, it's one of the main reasons why the two-state solution proposed simply not uh, the Palestinian justice that they did. I think um, we compare the situation of refugee camps to Moroccan Jews in France or to the Sudetes in Germany. I think it sort of misunderstands uh, the, the principal um, dynamic. Palestinians in uh, other Arab countries are simply not allowed to return to their home. Israel doesn't let them enter. Um, Sudetes Germans, uh, Moroccan Jews, they, they can if they like. Um, they might not be welcomed back fundamentally during the situation to what the Palestinians face abroad. And then um, another point that I think is crucial is the question of international solidarity. At one point, Greg uh, said that um, you know the working class nationally do not have the ability to change the course of events in Palestine. I think, well, if that's true, then what, what is the point of national solidarity? We, we can see at the moment that Dockwood in Italy are um, supporting the Palestinians by raising to ship um, goods to uh, 
to Israel. And this is precisely what the one class in outside region uh, should be doing. Um, and, and one more point on uh, return. It was, uh, it was said that it's simply not possible to uh, accommodate the millions of um, Palestinian back to Israel. I think it's not for Israel or anybody to make that declaration. Like, um, it's a fundamental right uh, that um, you can return to lands from each other. It's not, as was said, a right to reclaim or precise homes. It's a right to return to the state in which you're And I think this is fundamental and this is negotiable. I can't see uh, how socialists can uh, say that you know, Israel does have a right to prevent um, the Palestinian land, especially at a time when um, Palestinian youth and uh, Palestinians in general uh, have shown that they can be hundreds of thousands of a question of return. But anyway, um, to make some more general reading remarks, um, I've argued that the two-state solution, uh, which, which was always a reactionary utopia since it uh, barred the uh, question of return while open doors continued, uh, this is uh, dead, two-state solution. We argue for a single state from the river to the sea, in which all citizens have uh, equal rights, equal rights to use their land to express and develop them. In other words, uh, we argue by national state. We totally reject uh, any of the Jewish nation. Never said that. Just as we uh, reject the completely Jewish definition of present state, we argue that only um, foundation for this solution is uh, um, for for unity between the Israeli and uh, the Israeli Palestinian class on the basis of the abandonment privileges, political privileges of uh, the Israeli working. And this can only really happen uh, continued existence of uh, the Zionist state becoming possible. But how can this be achieved? Um, as we've said in the discussion, the tiny military forces of Palestinians uh, against the IDF and support from states, uh, it, it cannot serve. Um, and as long as the ruling classes of those countries uh, uh, smear the people in their, in their as anti-Semites for support of Palestinians, um, this, will, this will not happen. Um, I think this is a big difference that we have with comrades in the AUL, because they gave credence to, this, uh, uh, to some of the accusations that happened uh, in the Labour Party anti-Semite, and this is particularly poisonous um, in, in the left of uh, the Labour movement, because this is potentially the most powerful act that the Palestinians have in their national oppression. And for this reason, another um, act of international solidarity we support is uh, EDS campaign. Even though we're critical of its uh, limitations, yeah, even this has um, uh, brought about a massive campaign orchestrated by uh, Israel and their supporters. It shows how much uh, Israel fears uh, any of its support in Western countries. It needs to be expanded into a system of uh, workers' pots, everything that sustains the Israeli state oppression of the Palestinians. Um, and uh, as we've argued, to return to the question of states, two states or one, this is the result of a very political analysis, a very different understanding of what the Israeli state is, what Zionism. And uh, a, a comrade asked, you know, what terms is the two-state solution? It's unviable based on the fact that Israel single-handedly destroyed it by violating the supposed rights that the Palestinians have got relentless construction of um, settlements and the movement of the regulations. The it's, uh, it's, it's utopian and, uh, as I've argued earlier, it uh, doesn't uh, achieve the justice. That the so for that reason, that's why we are arguing that the single sector, and I stress uh, because it was raised in the discussion, socialist uh, Palestinian state. So uh, yeah, thank you everyone for the discussion. I forward to the next Thank you very much, Ray. Okay. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's been a discussion. I think, with the exception of a person saying, if 
by the lack of policy, not be good as what at all. It has been, I think, um, well balanced and thoughtful. Um, I want to come back on various things people have said. Right, so I'm going to start by uh, with Marcel's introduction, and I think um, there were several things that were lacking. The most obvious one to me was. He gave no analysis to uh, the idea of nationhood. Instead, he focused on and he listed a lot of brutalities of the Israeli state, and they for sure exist. And he chose to reduce Israeli Jews to the state. And I think this is a, a, a real problem. And Mos- in Mossel's single binational state, all citizens will have equal rights. Um, well, a whole group of those citizens will identify as a national group, the Israeli Jews, as will Palestinian Arabs. And having, nas- having individual rights, individual rights, yeah. Will not, will not satisfy their immediate national identity. Um, there are two nations, there needs to be two states. Minerva, uh, sorry, she said she didn't recognise the right of Israel to exist. Well, that's fine, you don't have to recognise, no one can make it. The fact is, it does exist, and it's a reality. Um, Marcel said that self-defence was abstract. In what way is it abstract? Imagine France routinely being threatened by Italy, Germany and Spain, insisting it has no right to exist. That's not abstract. That's precisely the concrete situation of, of Israel. Barbara from the International Bolshevik Tendency said that the AWL are wrong to be looking for a solution to capitalism. Well, what's going on in Israel-Palestine right needs some relief, and um, we can't tell them to wait for the revolution in order for working class to unite in the first place. The working class have to exist. And the Israeli working class to be the casualties of the anti-imperialist United Front out to smash Israel, then a socialist revolution is off the agenda anyway, I think. We should advocate for a socialist revolution first. We should agitate for the working class to exist, the right for Israel to exist, and not to be smashed or driven into the sea. And I know Marcel has just said that is, that, that is not what all they would say, but the, the, but, but the reality is, is somewhat different. Tim Nelson said we have to give unconditional solidarity to Palestinians and then interchanges the Palestinian mass. A single state ruled by a mass is not in any way progressive, not least of all Palestinian working class, the Palestinian women, for trade unions or for socialists. International socialists have a responsibility, an absolute responsibility, to be outspoken critical of mass and not to confuse a mass with Palestinians per se. For red flag, the right to return is not a right to return a third or fourth generation of Palestinian. The reality is of what they are arguing, on the scale that they describe it, it is the right to expel Jews from Israel. Ben's point that two states is not a solution, rather a realisable progress to relieve the situation of Palestine and to give both peoples the opportunity to build democratic class links, shouldn't need to be made. Of course, revolutionary socialists don't see uh, two states as an end itself. Comments, I'll end with this. The single binational state that the flag proposes is to add the catastrophe of Palestinians by making the condition of their liberation the, the bloody conquest of another people, not simply of a state, but of a people. This is not the business of revolutionary socialists.